The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU Podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Flipboard fam, what's up? It's your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And in this episode, the incomparable Stacey Boudry and I will be discussing innovating inside of the box and building relationships with George Kuros. In this episode, we talked with the guru, George Kuros, about building relationships in the COVID-19 era. The good buddy is an educator and author that has served students for over 20 years. As a matter of fact, I flipped a special section for him in our Flipboard EDU podcast magazine. So you got to check that out. My man, George Kuros, gets deep real fast in this episode. And you know we like to swim in the ocean of student success. So let's get this started like cold weather in the Arctic. Join us as we collaborate communicate and educate with the best educators in the world on Flipboard EDU Podcast Magazine. All right, welcome everybody back to the show. We would like to welcome our special guest. We have Mr. George Kuros. You got it, man. <laughs> Good. I was wa- <laughs> I was waiting for the imaginary clap, so I, I couldn't get it in. So, um, yeah, we might overlay that on there. And we also have the incomparable Stacy Boudry will be interviewing with us tonight. Hi, glad to be back. Thank you. Uh, but I want to give a shout out to Dr. Milstead for always just being a good sport and working with us. George, what we're going to do is we're just going to go right into the interview. So, Stacy, go ahead and get you started on that. So now that we are teaching online, what are strategies you can use or suggest to teachers who didn't have a relationship with their students prior to COVID-19? Oh, I think that um, I was actually just talking with a friend of mine named uh, Weston Kieschnick. And one of the things that he said to me that really resonated, actually, like just a conversation a couple hours earlier, this is actually a lot easier on educators right now because it happened in March. But if this happened yeah. in September, it would have been insanely hard because you really haven't had that much time to build rapport with your kids, especially, you know, at the high school level. So I think that if you don't have those relationships, it's really important, especially when we're doing this work, to build rapport as quick as possible. And it's really easy, for example, if you're doing like a Zoom session or like a webinar type thing to feel like, you know, time is precious. We're really busy and jump right into the content. And I think one of the things that I try to do, especially because I work with so many different groups, so many people I don't know, I always take that first part to really ask questions, get people having conversations, chatting, and not only try to like identify and get people talking to me, but also how do they actually build relationships within those spaces, you know, when we're doing this online. And for me, relationships are always really, really valuable but they're more important now than ever when it's so easy to check out. So really kind of looking at how do we actually build that rapport right at the beginning. And I shared this on the weekend and it's really such a simple idea, 
but it's a great way to kind of get people connecting right away is I actually have this meme check-in and it has just a list of different animals and they have like different faces. It's just been like, it's just funny animal pictures. Right. And I ask people, Hey, when you're checking in, just like pick which number you are. And people say, Oh, like I'm five because this, this, and it gets them, you know, laughing and smiling right away. And I think just trying to understand that that time invested early on, it might seem like it's a time suck, but it's actually going to save you time on discipline issues, you know, people checking out. That's, that's right. the, the thing is that people think, well, you know, I only have so much time, but if you're always dealing with kids not participating, that's time you're spending mm-hmm. as well. But if you kind of dealt with it up front, it's way less stressful and it's much more rewarding. I like, I like that. And I think I read somewhere too that you do the emojis or maybe that you morphed it into the meme. I, I thought that was such a simple idea, even for professional development. So great idea there. Well, it's funny because I, I shared it and I thought it was like so insignificant. Like I just shared it as an aside. And so many people responded back like, oh, I'm feeling that. I'm using that right away. And I'm like, really? Like it was just meant to be a funny thing. But then I started to understand, you know, it is kind of aligned with what I'm talking about on how important those relationships are. Yes, I agree. They are, and they are extremely important. So with all that said, what does a teacher who maybe doesn't have that strong relationship, what can he or she do better thinking about going into the next year, whether it's face-to-face or we're still online? How do we build those relationships with the, with the students? Yeah, I think for me, it's really just trying to make that time to actually connect on a personal level and really understand who our students are in front of us so we can really serve them. And I actually have, uh, in an innovative side of the box, I wrote about these five questions that you should ask students at the start of the school year. And they're questions like, you know, what does success look like to you at the end of the year? You know, what are some of your passions? What are some of your strengths? What are some problems you want to solve? And asking those questions really helps us not to know our students, but actually start to shift the way we teach. And I'll give you an example. Um, I'm sure most of you listening, if you, when you're in high school, the majority of people that went through high school had to read The Great Gatsby. I always use that because I read The Great Gatsby. I know a ton of people that went through the high school system did. And I always ask, why did so many people read that book? And the answer really is, I don't think it was in the curriculum. I think that most schools already owned 100 copies. The teacher knew the content inside out. And that's what they felt comfortable. Yeah, that's what they felt comfortable teaching. So if you ask me a question like, hey, what's something you're passionate about? And I'm going to tell you right off, like, I love basketball. I'm a huge basketball fan and been watching the Last Dance documentary. Like, we have to wait in Canada uh, till Monday. So I can't go on Twitter on Sunday night because everyone's wrecking it for me. So like, it doesn't, it's not actually out, out on, because we don't have ESPN. So I have to watch it on Netflix the next day. But if you would ask me that, one of the books that I really liked as, um, you know, high school age was The Jordan Rules by Sam Smith. And it was fascinating because they mentioned it. So if you knew that about me, could you have actually said, hey, I know you love basketball. There's this book called The Jordan Rules. And would you have actually covered the curriculum through that, but also got me more interested? And like one of the things that I really love that I'm seeing kind of educators push back on is the idea of leveled readers. Because what people understand is that if you actually are, kids will read at much higher levels if they're interested in the content. But to find out what they're interested in, you have to, I don't want to seem simple, you just got to ask. Like you have to ask and try to figure those things out. And it helps students see that they're valued in the classroom and it makes it a lot easier. So that's something you can ask whether we're back into like an emergency remote teaching situation or back in the classroom. I think it's valuable in, in both spaces. 
That's very true. And I think it's the, the key word is flexibility. As a teacher, you need to be flexible and just figure out what your kids like. I know my daughter loves Harry Potter. She's in fifth grade right now. And her reading scores started really soaring because she was so absorbed in Harry Potter. It wasn't the book that got her there. It was the vocabulary and the reading and the desire to read. So that's a really good point. Yeah, and I actually think that's like what you just said. And I want to be honest with you, I have no interest in Harry Potter. I would never read it. I don't like, either. Right. <laughs> I don't either. But, but the thing is, is, if I went to that mentality, well, I have to actually appreciate it for you to read it. Then how much would she have missed out in a class where it's like, no, this is what I believe you should all read. As opposed to, hey, yes. I love that you're interested in that content. And maybe like, hey, that maybe you could fill, fulfill what we need to do in this classroom through that space. Because it doesn't matter what matters to me. You know, obviously, I need to know my content area and that's important. Right. But if I could tap in and teach that content area through a lens that your daughter loves, then, of course, as you said, she's going to be way more successful. Because if I said, hey, you're, you're all reading the Jordan rules, I don't think she'd be, maybe she wouldn't be excited. She's like, why would you make me read that? Right? But you have to know your kids to make that happen. That's true. That's a good starting point right there. Great. So I'm going to just take out the shovel and just dig a little bit deeper. Coming from um, a basketball background as well, that's a huge thing in my family. I was a varsity head basketball coach and I worked with a Hall of Fame basketball coach. So I am a basketball junkie. Who's the coach? Uh, His name was Ronnie Courtney. One of the most amazing coaches that I've ever worked with in my whole entire life. But to even even go deeper into that, um, what I hear... And when you talk about the cores of building relationships is getting the cultural aspect of what students are ingrained in. So with you, you're ingrained in the culture of basketball. Stacy's daughter is ingrained in the culture of Harry Potter because those um, pockets that are formed around those interests have a culture associated with it. And to just mm-hmm. recognize how students are relating to the content takes, in my opinion, a look at the culture that's surrounded, what allows that student to be interested in that. Well, like if you look at right now, building on that, it's really fascinating because many educators and parents are going on TikTok, which I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. And before, when I mentioned it, it's like, ah, that's stupid. But then you have these kids who, like, I could actually name people they know from TikTok. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I do that, I got credibility with those I'll kids admit. right away. They're mm-hmm. like, how do you, how do you know that? that? Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting to see that like that. Yeah. But part of it is because of the work that I do. I want to know what kids around the world are interested in and why they're interested in it and be able to have those conversations. So they have like a different credibility. And, and like one of the things, like I talk a lot about technology, obviously, and talk about networks. And when I do a lot of work on digital leadership and so schools, and I've actually remember specifically I was in Texas and I was introduced and the person, and I knew why they said, Hey, this guy's from Canada. He's really big into technology and he's going to talk about you and social media. And the kids were like, Oh, again, seriously, this is what we're doing because they immediately thought I was going to give them tech for an hour on here's what you shouldn't do. Don't do this. You're going to ruin your life. And I'm actually like, say, Hey, here's some of the things that I know you're, you're watching. And they were like, how do you know this? I'm like, cause I go on the internet and seeing some of those things. And after I was like, here's some of the powerful ways. Here's people your age doing really incredible stuff with this. And just that I knew things about them had connected it right away, right? And they saw that I actually not only knew of it, but I saw the value in it. And I think that's important because a lot of people know that kids are 
interested in certain things, but they don't necessarily value it. But what I find fascinating is you see these adults and educators going on TikTok with their kids and the kids are really excited because they're teaching them dances that those parents wouldn't have done, but now they're in quarantine and they're like, well, what else am I going to do? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you can see the kids, you can see the excitement from their own children watching, teaching their parents because all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. like I actually am bringing value to you. You're not teaching me stuff only. I get to teach you stuff back. So I think really we have to really ask those questions. And I love learning that stuff about kids and actually finding ways to embed it into the work that I'm doing. Welcome to Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is how to get started with Flipboard. Very simple. I want to thank Jeanette Spire and Terry Porter for coming up with our Flip Tips for today. The first thing you want to do is download the app for your Android or iOS device. Second thing you want to do is you want to create an account. Make sure you add a picture and complete your bio. Third thing you want to do is you want to follow topics. There are at least 34,000 topics that you can follow. Next thing you want to do is build your magazine. Navigate to the bottom of your profile icon and then select the collection options. Give your magazine the title and you've built your first magazine. I want to give a huge shout out for Terry Porter and Jeanette Spire on giving us today's flip tips. With so much content wheezing around out there, there's only one storytelling platform that helps you keep calm and stay informed and inspired, Flipboard. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard and get the best stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Get started now at Flipboard.com. Flipboard fam, thanks for tuning in to episode five. Don't forget to check out the information that I flipped in our Flipboard EDU magazine for George Kuros. You can find us on Flipboard.com. Stay tuned next week when we continue the conversations with George as we discuss his books, The Innovator's Mindset, Innovating Inside the Box, A Little Bit of Basketball, and most importantly, Building Meaningful Relationships as Educators. Flipboard EDU podcast is a great resource for teachers, students, and administrators.